podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. Not long left to the end of the season. Only five meetings remain at the time of recording, but we're going to be looking ahead to those and looking back on some of the recent action as well. And we've got stars from the remaining big fixtures in the championship, where we still have the knockout cup yet to be decided and both legs of the championship playoff final. And it involves three clubs and it's Poole, Glasgow and Edinburgh, the three that are left standing in the championship who've got some action to come. So, on the way we will hear from Sam Masters of Edinburgh Rory Schlein of Poole and Brock Nicholl of Glasgow it was also the Peter Craver Memorial meeting last week so we'll hear from the winner Dan Bewley and we'll hear from Rory Schlein after appearing in the Olympique at Wolverhampton and we will also hear from Nigel Pearson who gives his review of how 2021 has gone plus we were at the Silver Helmet at Redcar last week and we've got a chat with the winner of the events which was Lewis Kerr, who also took home the prize for the best rider celebration, performing the worm over the uh, finish line. And we also catch up with Chris Bomber-Harris as well, who's been revealed as a new signing for the Berwick Bandits. All to come on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. So, not long to go then. I'm Ian Brannan, and just like that, we are nearly at the end of October. We will start by talking about the Pool Pirates this week, because they are the team that are still left in both competitions in the Championship, both the playoff final to come later this week and the Championship Knockout Cup. And Pool took a big step towards winning the Championship Knockout Cup with a 47-42 first-leg victory at Edinburgh. Mid-season signing Benjamin Basso starred for the Pirates with a 13-plus-3 score from Seven rides at reserve, while skipper Danny King scored 13 from five, including three race wins. Richie Worrell scored 11, Sam Masters 10 for the Monarchs, whose home season ended in disappointment, and they'll look to turn around the Cup final in Dorset this Wednesday. Well, he might well have had his farewell, but he's not finished in British Speedway yet. Here's Rory Schlein talking about Pool Pirates with Ryan Guest. Well, Rory, uh, a big four nights coming up for the Pool Pirates now. Yeah, um, we obviously started off. Well, we know on Saturday at Edinburgh, so um, thought that was going to be a tough test, but it, it still could reverse on us on on uh, on Wednesday. But obviously, then we, firstly we've got to get Tuesday out of the way, so it's a bit of an odd one, really, to you know split the the, the, the two meetings. So um, uh, yeah, so it was good to you know get a, a good result. Obviously, on Saturday it takes pressures pressure off us, but uh, Glasgow's a different kettle of fish. Um, very strong on their home patch, we know that. Uh, but, uh, you know, Benny's good, you know, down at reserve, you know, paid 16 the other night on a track no one would have thought what he would go well at, and, uh, and I think Glasgow will suit him. So, um, you know, I, I think capability-wise, we're there. Uh, everyone's high as well and confidence as well. So, you know, when it comes to this point, it's not about, uh, you know, who's got the most talented riders or anything like that. It's just who wants it more. So, um, you know, so we're feeling good and, you know, the vibe's uh, feeling what we want. Talking about that grand final against Glasgow, you talk about who wants it more as well. Um, obviously, after that first leg against Leicester in the semi-finals, everyone fancied them to go through, but um, you went to, to Beaumont Park and, and showed that you did want it more. Yeah, I, you know, we knew Leicester would be a tough, tough meeting. Like the, they're more than capable of the, they'd coming down there and turning us over because they've got quality, uh, and the same as Glasgow. So, 
uh, we know we can go to Glasgow and turn them over. Um, you know, we went there early in the year and quite a few of the guys hadn't ridden and I, I obviously crashed out in the first one. So, you know, uh, they might think they, they've got a good, strong home advantage, but um, we all like going there. So, uh, but, um, yeah, we're hungry, mate. You know, we've been top of the table most of the year and, um, you know, it shows, you know, finish top and, you know, what we did to Leicester as well, it just shows, you know, we've got stacks of uh, quality and, and, and definitely character in the side. Certainly an interesting grand final as well, two heavyweights of the championship. But um, when you look at the two teams individually, Glasgow, plenty of ambition with, with what the owners have done there. Still starved of that silverware, though. And then you look at Paul and their cabinets bulging. A little bit like uh, Man City, isn't it? You know, not, not winning the Champions League, isn't it? So, uh, no, it'll be, you know, Glasgow, they're, they're one of the most professional outfits uh, in the league. Um, they always put a, you know, put a competitive team together. They, they were in the playoffs, obviously, last time against Leicester, just fell short. So, you know, we, we, we respect them, you know, as any other team, but, you know, they, they have got uh, quality. But, um, you know, we focus on our own game and we'll go there and do what we do. Yeah, and away win is a big thing at Edinburgh. But uh, that said, the scores at halftime are Edinburgh 42, Poole 47. So Poole are far from uh, out of sight. Edinburgh, meanwhile, have had a very busy week over the last week. They uh, raced on Thursday night at Glasgow in the championship playoff semi-final first leg with the second leg the following night on the Friday. So that was Edinburgh v Glasgow. And then it was Edinburgh versus Poole on the Saturday night. So a very busy time for the Edinburgh Monarchs, uh, not least for Sam Masters, the Monarchs captain who's been speaking with Ryan as well about uh, the week gone by and the uh, fixture still in hand against Poole. Well Sam, the uh, knockout cup final obviously you wanted to to try and gain as big an advantage as possible. Uh, It didn't quite work out that way on Saturday. Yeah, we didn't get any advantage at all really. Um, I think racing the night before Edinburgh made the track pretty weird the next day and it caught us boys out all, not all day really I figured it out maybe in the last heat but I actually did something to the bike I've never done before at Edinburgh so that kind of tells you that the track didn't really suit us that night and yeah Paul came there on, on the right day for them and uh, they were quicker than us from the start especially so um, yeah wasn't good um, I, wanted, I want to win a trophy of some sort this year but um, it's going to be a bit tough task but we pushed them down there at Pool last time we were getting pretty hammered early on and um, pulled it back and I think we only lost by about five points or something like so if we can start strong next on Wednesday then anything can happen yeah we'll come on to that second leg uh, just going back to the, the first leg at Armadale though I think it was uh, Heat 7 Edinburgh got a 5-0 a which is obviously rare in Speedway and you, you must have felt that, that the luck was on your side at that point and then Paul Grote in the next one and banging a, a maximum themselves which uh, brings it brings it back down to earth really yeah well we were losing so we needed that 5-0 really um didn't push us too far in front or anything so we didn't really get complacent about it but then Paul obviously pulled back another 5-1 and um, yeah they pushed us hard all day Paul were a strong team I think they like Edinburgh too that, that, that team like Edinburgh they beat us earlier in the year there and um, yeah it was we just couldn't get on top of it really it was like that all night and I run a last in heat 13 I haven't ran many lasts around Edinburgh this year at all and um, yeah unfortunately I had to do it the other night but it's the way it is um, we've had a good season either way. I think we've, we've I think that the club's pretty proud of what we've achieved at Edinburgh. Really, anyway, even though we haven't won anything, but they're a good club and they've supported the boys. And um, we're going to push push till the end anyway, Paul. 
Yeah, push till the end. And like you say, uh, you, you've mentioned it did uh, manage to run Paul fairly close um, on your previous trip to Wimborne Road this season. Everyone expects Paul to, to go on and lift the trophy now. So uh, pressure off, I guess, on Wednesday night. Yeah, no pressure on us. It's theirs to lose. But um, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, Paul are really good at pool. Um, but yeah, again, we've got a good team. If we're all firing, we've got some good reserves too. If they're if they're on the on the game, then could be a good mean. Could be a good mean for us. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a big one on Wednesday night for the Edinburgh Monarchs against Poole, the second leg, uh, which is taking place uh, on the south coast. And, of course, we'll uh, keep you up to date on the official British Speedway website when the results come in from that one. And keep your eye on the social media as well. Meanwhile, Glasgow are through to the Championship Grand Final after they held Edinburgh to a 47-43 victory at Armadale last Friday. The Tigers, who were defeated finalists against Leicester in 2019, will battle it out for the league crown again, this time against Poole having defeated the Monarchs by 18 points on aggregate. Ricky Wells gave a superb performance for the visitors with 14 points from five rides. And Brock Nickel also returned to form with 10. Sam Masters scored 11 plus one for the Monarchs as their title hopes came to an end. Well, one of the men who had a very, very good night indeed, as you heard at uh, Armadale, was Brock Nickel. And here is the Glasgow Tigers star speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Brock, uh, a season's work comes down to this with Glasgow. Uh, 30 races, two meetings against the Paul Park for the, the championship title yeah it's uh it's one i'm looking forward to it's in a i'm in a position i've never been in i'm um, making it to the grand final so um yeah i'm very happy about that but the job's not over yet and uh yeah we need to we need to uh push on strong and in uh yeah take home this title yeah when you you look at it before it starts obviously uh the the form pool have been in the, the way they finish league leaders many people will, will expect them to to defeat glasgow over two legs but could that work in glasgow's favor perhaps yeah you never know it's speedway you know it's racing anything can happen and uh yeah it's it's only two days of racing and things can go our way and things can go their way so just have to wait and find out but uh yeah glasgow's been on it in the, in recent recent weeks and um i feel it's all clicked at the right time so um yeah really excited to go into this final and uh see what we could do after how the team beat edinburgh in the semi-finals as well and of course with it being uh the, the main rivals of glasgow as well there's certainly a, a feel-good factor going into this grand final yeah that was a that was a big buzz like you said the rivalry they have is is pretty big so um yeah it was there's a lot of pressure going into that one and um, yeah, we pulled it off, but like I said, the job's not done. And um, two more meetings and uh, see if we could bring it home. Yeah, you mentioned yourself as well. It's a, a new experience uh, for, for yourself. Um, and obviously racing in, in grand final with all the pressures that brings, it's a, it's a big moment in your career. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit nervous. Um, but that's, uh, that's nothing new. I, um, but yeah. I've been going good recently uh, for Glasgow and, yeah, just keep everything the same and, and uh, yeah, just do my job and, and help, the team, help the team any way I can and try and bring home the gold. It's a big finish to the season for uh, Glasgow and Poole. Uh, Glasgow taking on Poole on Thursday night and then on Friday night, Poole versus Glasgow in the return leg on the 29th. So uh, a big finish to the championship season. And that was Brock Nickel of the Glasgow Tigers talking to us just there. Some other news from the championship is to do with Berwick Bandits because they've made one of their biggest ever signings this last week, snapping up Chris Harris for the 2022 championship campaign. 
Kane. Now, Harris joins the Bandits after spending this year with Birmingham. Co-promoter Jamie Courtney says it's a signing which will excite the club's supporters. Well, I caught up with Bomber after the Teesside Silver Helmet at Redcar, which he did very well in, by the way. He finished at fourth in that, got to the, the final heat. In fact, he's done very well at the various invitational meetings he's been involved in over the, the past uh, few days or so. And um, I asked him about his move to Berwick, and um, and it's a place he must be looking forward to racing because he always does pretty well round Shieldfield. Yeah, it's a track I enjoy. That's why one of the factors why I went there. Um, I had quite a few other offers from other clubs, but I felt Berwick for me was was the right move. Quite a long, quite a long way though to travel. Yeah, it's about four hours from from rugby, so it's not too bad. Right. Um, on, it's on a Saturday as well, and uh, nice thing about it, you know, the wife and kids can come if they want to. On a, a weekend away, so yeah, it's um, hopefully it'll all work out though. I've known obviously the management there, Jamie and Scott Courtney, for for many years, and uh, yeah, and their dad worked for me for for a year, so um, yeah, I know the family very well, and um, yeah, you know, I've never heard a bad word said about them since they took over with with money or any issues with anything really. So um, you know, it's, uh, I'm just going to go there to to have some fun and hopefully get, bring some silverware to the club. And it's been a, a big week for you as well, obviously, with GB um, in that um, test match. Obviously, rain affected, um, didn't end quite as well as everybody would have liked, but uh, nonetheless, it had its moments. And, yeah, and no. GB won, of course. So. Yeah, good, obviously, we won, and um, yeah, hopefully, um, put a good count to myself. You know, that was one of my main things I wanted to do is put on a good show. So I know a lot of people was fans was probably questioning my uh, my late call up, but um, you know, we. Uh, we always knew it was going to be tough, especially again once they got dialed in. I knew it would take a few heats before the poles would get dialed in. But um, yeah, it was good to, to, for for the world champs to, to finish their week as as, as uh, on the on the winning end. And what happens now then? How do you relax for the uh, now the season's pretty much done for you? Yeah, take all the bikes uh, down to my sponsors. He's uh, sort all them out, build all the new ones up, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, have some uh, some family time, um, home with the kids, have some fun, and. Um, just get myself fit and ready for, for next season. OK, well, congratulations on a great season, providing a lot of entertainment to a lot of people as well, and uh, enjoy the winter. Cheers, thank you. Cheers. That's Chris Harris there, new signing for the Berwick Bandits. He was speaking after that Teesside Silver Helmet at Redcar. We will hear from the winner of that event, Lewis Kerr, a little bit later on, as well as uh, one of the new riders who was um, racing around Redcar for the first time, and uh, he did pretty well, actually. Norik Bladorn, who has been a figure that's uh, been present at a few of these meetings over this last week uh, or so, such as the Peter Craven Memorial and the Wolves Olympique, which, uh, which took place as well. So uh, we'll hear a little bit from him in in, uh, just a little while. And on that subject, we'll also hear from Dan Bewley, winner of the Peter Craven Memorial at Bellevue on Saturday. So uh, that's all to come. And next, we'll hear from Nigel Pearson with his review of 2021. All on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back to No Breaks, No Fear. I'm Ian Brannan. Coming up, we'll hear from Rory Schlein, his thoughts on his final laps completed in British Speedway. Of course, he had his farewell a week or two ago, but rode in the Olympique uh, on um, on the Monday night, and that was his final laps around Montmore, and he finished on the podium as well. But we'll hear from Rory Schlein soon. First of all, let's hear from Nigel Pearson, who gives his review of Speedway in 2021. Now, when we first 
started this podcast. It was um, in April. And at that point, we'd got a, a start date, but we didn't really know what was going to be in store. And if you listen back to that first episode, it was with Chris Louie and Rob Godfrey. The phrase there was really that we need to get through it. We need to get through 2021 and then focus on 2022. Because at that point, we didn't even know fans were going to be allowed in in great numbers at many of the tracks. And thankfully, they were. But um, we made it to October and I think we've had some great racing as well. I'm sure you'll agree. And uh, the competitions have certainly gone their uh, distances, that's for sure. Well, let's hear from Nigel Pearson right now on his thoughts of 2021. Well, what a season it's been, hasn't it? Last year, we were looking back on 2020 and the early action we saw were junior meetings or behind closed doors, live streamed, which was a wonderful achievement from those clubs that did that, particularly at Bellevue, of course who live-streamed um, several meetings from the National Speedway Stadium. But that's all we had. This year is a success. Now, I know Peterborough are winners as Premiership champions. I know that. Great Britain as world, uh, world pairs, Speedway of Nations winners. Yes, they are winners. That is indisputable. But let me try and just explain. Speedway as a sport is a winner. Yes, we lost Eastbourne in late July, early August. Um, but that quite clearly, let's, let's put it quite succinctly and, and bluntly, that has to go down as financial mismanagement. It's obvious now. The riders are still not paid. So that's a negative. But the rest of it, Birmingham and Newcastle pulled through. Some clubs have made money in, in what has been a success because Speedway has bounced back. And I feel quite passionately about this. It's a sport that could have suffered more than it did. Swindon, yes, we know <laughs> the 2019 league champions didn't come back. And it remains to be seen whether they do come back in 2023 they've already said they won't be running next year but the stadium issues there are getting beyond a joke now and Swindon fans uh, I I feel for them I feel for them um, but Speedway as a whole generally has come through and has bounced back we've seen some wonderful action I loved the two legs of the playoff final working on Eurosport Peterborough and Bellevue National Speedway Stadium East of England Showground or Arena whatever you want to call it brilliant Two great racetracks, the weather played ball, and we saw, for me, consistently over two Speedway meetings, one of the greatest grand finals I've ever commentated on. And I've done every one since 2006, so that's, that, that's a long time to talk about Premiership grand finals. And I thought it was just wonderful, wonderful Speedway, and it shows everything that is good about the sport. And what can you say about Great Britain's success in the Monster Energy FIM Speedway of Nations? I mean, that is truly wonderful. And hats off to everybody who has contributed to uh, national media coverage. The sport made the BBC website and Twitter feed. Nine million followers. Speedway is alive and kicking. Great Britain are winners. Rob Painter, Vicky, all the team. Steady and Ollie, brilliant. Um, Peter Oakes doing sterling work, getting it in the, in the star and the mirror. Um, a young protege of mine, Rich Jones, who started working for me at the age of 16 has now got a Speedway presence online on the, on the Mirror digital platform because of Great Britain's glory. Um, and the social media interaction has been excellent with that. Not to mention the TV coverage on BT Sport and, of course, the domestic coverage on Eurosport. It's not all bad, is it? Yes, the sport's got problems. Yes, it's got challenges. But this year, British Speedway faced up to the biggest challenges it's probably ever had apart from World War II, Right. Not just because of the pandemic, but the Polish regulations in the extra league, which mean that you can only ride in one other league, 
We kept Dan Bewley. We kept Jack Holder. That was great. We've lost Robert Lambert, Niels Christian Everson, riders like that. We, we, it, it, it was a huge. Jason Doyle, 2017 world champion, no longer riding in the UK. Uh, these guys left British Speedway as a consequence of the restrictions placed on riders that, that allowed them only to ride in one of the leagues. So that was another challenge. Rider shortage. There's a problem. There, there was a problem that clubs had to deal with. So for all the negativity that you get on social media uh, and any other platform that you choose to read, you know, th there are positive aspects. Speedweight as a sport is a winner. And this is not me with a PR hat on. This is not me with a TV commentary hat on being sycophantic about the sport and, and how wonderful it is. It has got issues. It has got challenges. It has got problems. I worry about developers and, and stadiums that we have. I wonder where we're going to be in five, ten years' time with Speedway venues in this country. We need more like Bellevue. Who would have ever thought that we'd have lost Somerset? It was only two or three years ago that I was saying the future of British Speedway is venues like Somerset. Close to the M5, privately owned. Suddenly, an offer comes in for the clubhouse and bang, it's gone. Because Bill and Francis Hancock, the owners, of course, are in retirement age and on a personal level, would I have done the same? Yes, probably. So there is concern about developers. There is concern about stadium landlords um, and their attitude towards Speedway. Yes, there is. But let's look back on 2021. And is it, this sounds like a party political broadcast, I know. So I apologise. Some of you will be listening to this thinking, oh, listen to him. The world's rosy. No, it's not. But let's congratulate every club, every rider, every promoter, who has got through the 2021 season. And I know there's still a few laps left to go between Poole and Glasgow. And I know there's a meeting at Leicester on Sunday as Kent finished their home season at Leicester. Well, there's another issue. Len's run out of dates at Kent. But look, let's congratulate Milden Hall in the, in the National Development League. Great achievement for the Fen Tigers to be champions. Congratulations, Peterborough, in the Premiership. And who will be the championship winners? Will it be Poole? Will it be Glasgow? Well, we'll find out over the next few days. But Speedway as a sport overall in 2021 came back and Speedway is the winner. I thank you. The thoughts of Nigel Pearson on the 2021 season. It's going to be interesting moving into 2022. Excited to see how this New Look Grand Prix series is, is going to be. Of course, not too different to begin with but um, over the coming years there will be some major changes and um, there will be benefits to that investment of course dripping down, down through all of the league levels of, of British Speedway in some form or another and I think a lot of promoters are excited about that because obviously the, the, the product being advertised on an international basis surely is going to uh, reflect uh, on uh, on people going to their uh, their local clubs as well. Um, now, one man who is calling time on his career now, and he has actually finished now, is Rory Schlein, because um, we spoke to him before his farewell, and he's been back in action at the Ladbrokes Olympique, which took place on Monday night. Scott Nichols was the winner of that, um, bringing his glittering season to an end after an entertaining night in Wolverhampton. Now, Nichols, who led Peterborough to the league title, top scored in qualifying after five impressive rides using the unique handicap format that they have in that competition with 13 points. And he then made a smart move of turn four to win the final ahead of home duo Nick Morris and Rory Schlein with his Panthers teammate Chris Harris in fourth. Let's hear from Rory Schlein now, who's done his last laps of Monmore. Um, thought I had it. 
<laughs> there was a small gap there, and I thought I got around Scott, but then um, the room sort of disappeared coming off turn four. Uh, but like, that's that's like grand final racing, so I uh, wouldn't expect to go out any other way than everyone, you know, giving 110%. You know, first race I remember coming here, I think, I think I did exactly the same thing and ended up finishing last because I was trying so hard. But it, it is, uh, yeah, a nice way to go out. I've had two finals in two weeks and, and finished on the podium both times. So uh, taking it all in still, um, but I, I've enjoyed it. I was that was one of the things I wanted to. As the meetings get less and less, uh, I wanted to make sure I take it all in and enjoy it. Emotional night last Monday. Uh, we saw some tears last Monday as well, and the reception you got from from the fans tonight shows shows how much you've grown on them since since you, you were first named as a Wolves rider. Yeah, obviously, I think I said it in a few interviews. You know, with my Coventry bees, you know, history and whatnot. But um, from day it was like from day one. It, you know, I just I felt part of the furniture, and um, and when I did throw the Wolves race jacket on, you know, there was nothing more that I wanted to do, and was to win for Wolves score as many points for Wolves um, my working relationship with, with CVS and Pete has probably been some of the best relationships I had working with promoters and managers um, and you know I think you know the respect especially with the boys in the team like we've mended the team a few times but you know I've just got on like a house on fire with everyone that's been part of this club um, you know we still send messages with Freddie and Jacob and you know the, the, the atmosphere in this club even though if you're not here, once you're a wolf, yeah, you know you, you're still part of the pack. You might go away for a bit, you might go wandering, but uh, you still uh, you split, still bleed a wolf uh, wolf blood. Yeah, just very finally as well. Um, obviously, wolves are, are very loyal to their riders. I think uh, a lot of people are expecting to see more or less the the same team next year. You're obviously going to be a, a hard man to replace, but if they do keep the the core of this team, then they've got every chance of uh, going close again next year. Oh, I think so. You know, the side was was playoff bound which we were and I think we, we you know we keep saying we deserve to be there but you know we we weren't but um, the team has such a core on it about it at the minute where it can't get worse it can only improve it can only it's got so much potential in it so um, maybe a tweak here and a tweak there you know obviously get, get someone in to replace me and and maybe depending on the the rules with the with, with the rising stars and stuff so we'll have to look at that and um, but the core's there um, Luke improved again this year. Dougie was immense. Mozza was solid like always. And Sam, I thought, come on leaps and bounds and, and establish himself as a, as a true number one. Uh, and I think we've seen that this year. So the the team, I don't think, needs a lot. Um, you know, we were a bit unlucky with the playoff being in the rain and whatnot. But in the day, the team is definitely going to be competitive for sure next year. A stellar career in British Speedway coming to an end. Rory Schlein speaking with Ryan Guest after finishing third in the Labrooks Olympique at Wolves. Another of the invitational meetings that's happened this week is the Peter Craven Memorial, which took place on Saturday. And Dan Bewley completed a sensational final week of the season with victory in that. He won the FIM Speedway of Nations with Great Britain last weekend. He scored 14 points in the qualifiers and then took the six-man grand final at the National Speedway Stadium. Ryan Douglas and former Aces favourite Max Frick completed the podium finishes with Chris Harris, Luke Becker and Nick Morris also reaching the final. Well, speaking to supporters afterwards, here's the thoughts of Dan Bewley with Hayley Bromley. It's fair to say that, you know, your career, you've been with us since 2016. You started with the Bellevue Colts, you progressed to the Bellevue Aces. In such a short amount of time, you have made some incredible progress and you've added your name to one of the most prestigious lists in one of the most prestigious memorial trophy competitions uh, in British Speedway, the Peter Craven Memorial. How does it feel? 
Yeah, you know, as you said about the National League and everything, the past uh, six years has been a blast, but, um, you know, it's a pretty special meeting, this one in Bellevue's history, and, um, you know, these last two years it's been a little bit different with the six-man final, so uh, before the race I was just kind of thinking hopefully just get in front and keep out of trouble because uh, there's been some close racing all night, so I just wanted to stay out of trouble and stay out front, and, uh, yeah, thankfully it all played out, and, uh, yeah, it's pr pretty uh, honourable to win this. Absolutely. I mean, when you first started racing, quite a few of the fans were saying, you know, your style very, very similar to uh, the late Peter Craven. They were thinking, oh, is this Peter Craven incarnate? But obviously, you know, he was a very talented man. We celebrate him every year that we possibly can here at Bellevue. We can't move on, though, without talking about the Speedway of Nations last week. I mean, what a grand final it was. We would never have imagined if you'd have said it was a grand final between GB and Poland, you wouldn't expect a Polish rider to be the man to fall off. And you did mention in the Speedway Star this week that when it registered that Matzai Janowski had fallen, that you almost forgot how to ride for a minute because you were trying to process if that had meant a gold medal for Great Britain. Can you talk us through those last four laps in the Speedway of Nations? Yeah, you know, it was, um, you know, it's, it's a difficult event. You know, it all comes down to them last two races, you know, uh, last race over two days. So, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an important race and a big race, probably, you know, one of the biggest races you can ever have. So, you know, going into the third bend, I was pretty committed to going wide and um, just seeing Magic get into trouble. I was kind of, you know, getting ready to cook back and I was just keeping one eye on him and seeing him go down. And, you know, after that, I, I was just thinking, you know, I'm sure all I've got to do now is finish. And I was just watching Rob battling away, just hoping he didn't get into too much trouble with, with Bartek. But, um, you know, we, we got there in the end. And, um, you know, this past, past week or even, you know, this whole season with... Bellevue, it's, it's been unreal. So you know, every I think every week I've just been getting a little bit better, and uh, you know, to finish the season off the way we have, it's been pretty special. Certainly has. I mean, obviously we were hoping to get that league title. Unfortunately, not quite in 2021, but still plenty to play for in 2022. All these guys and all the guys watching at home, hoping against hope that we will see Dan Bailey at Bellevue next year. As we say, too early to speculate on team building for next season, but. Is there a chance we'll see Dan Bailey back in our colours in the seasons to come? Yeah, for sure, you know. Um, i doing six years now and I'd love to make it ten one day, you know, just get that done. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, we've just uh, got off the back of uh, Peterborough and it's a little bit raw at the moment, but, um, yeah, for sure I'd love to. But um, just a huge thanks to all the fans for all the support this year and... Uh, as well as some all the sponsors and uh, just everyone who's been behind me the last, you know, not just this year, you know, all the years gone by. So it's been awesome and uh, hopefully we can continue it on. Let's hope so. Ladies and gentlemen, what a man he's been for us this year. There's Dan Bewley speaking to supporters after the Peter Craven Memorial and uh, trying to extinguish any doubt about his future in British Speedway as well. We sincerely hope we see Dan Bewley back in this country uh, racing once again in 2022. Coming next then, we'll be at one of the other invitational meetings that took place over the last week or so in British Speedway, and that was the Teesside Silver Helmets, which was won by Lewis Kerr. It was a fun evening because not just the racing, there was also prizes on offer to the riders, £300 on the table for whichever rider could come out with the best celebration, and it was a battle between Charles Wright and Lewis Kerr, both for that prize and for the ultimate prize of the Silver Helmet through the course of the night as 
as well. But Louis Kerr got the spoils. We'll hear from him himself. We'll also hear from a few of the other riders involved, including Eric Riss and Norik Bladorn, who is uh, a German racer who has been over uh, in this country taking part in some of these meetings over the last week or so. You may have seen him. And uh, I thought he was really exciting to watch, but we'll hear from uh, Norik Bladorn as well very soon here on No Breaks, No Fear. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. In this final part, then, let's go to Red Car. Get your palmos to the ready and settle in as we uh, speak to some of those that were involved in Speedway's oldest individual competition. So it's claimed, frankly, it's nearly 100 years ago and nobody can necessarily verify the case, but all history books suggest that the Teesside Silver Helmet could well be it. Now, Lewis Kerr got the better of his red car teammate Charles Wright to take victory in the Teesside Silver Helmet at the Media Prima Arena. Charles Wright scored a 15-point maximum from the qualifying races, but Lewis Kerr, who joined the Bears in late season, won the final with Wright second and Carl Howard third ahead of Luke Becker. Well, not only was he victorious on the track, he was also victorious in the other competition for the best celebration. If you look on the Red Car Bears social media pages, you'll be able to see this for yourself because it has to be seen because me describing it just only really sells half of it. But uh, on his final ride, Lewis Kerr got off the bike and did, um, I think it's a dance move called the worm as you uh, wriggle over the line. Uh, you can check this out, but he won uh, the prize for that as well. And uh, of course, the silver helmet. And after he'd been presented with the silver helmet, I could caught up with Louis Kerr. Louis Kerr, congratulations, winner of um, Speedway's oldest individual tournament. Yeah, I'm uh, a bit lost for words, really. I think um, it was it was tough early on, uh, you know, with my retirement. I knew I had to really dig deep. Um, but as the night went on, I got better and we got the setup better each heat and it just, yeah, worked the dream. And uh, yeah, as you say, the, the meeting went on. You were getting out of the starts absolutely mm. fantastically and... and it's like channeling you're in a bar there for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yes, my, my gating recently has been really good and fortunately I got gate three in the semi and then and then they left gate three empty in the final and I couldn't believe my luck because I knew there was a few soft spits at which I was going to go off and uh, yeah, I knew I pulled up to the tapes and knew I was going to make it straight away so it's always a nice feeling. And a nice way to round off the season as well. Yeah, it couldn't be better uh, over the moon so got one more tomorrow at Bellevue and then um, yes, we're, we're done then. And uh, you get a, an actual silver helmet as well, which uh, yeah. I don't know what you do with that. No, I don't. To be fair, it doesn't look much different to my head at the minute anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's nice. Congratulations Cheers, and all the best for the rest of the Thanks, uh, last mate. Appreciate it. Thank Cheers. you. It was a fun, entertaining evening, I have to say. Well done to Louis Kerr winning the Teesside Silver Helmet. Um, not least the celebrations as well. There was there was a lot of wheelies going on, but um, the other the other pick of the bunch, well, the, Charles Wright really went for it, and um, he he did one celebration where he went round with a um, like a a, a, a flare, a holding a flare as he went round the track. Um, and then he followed that up by riding around on like a like a kid's quad bike around the track with, <laughs> with a red car flag. But he was pipped at the post by Louis Kerr and the worm. So uh, pipped at the post on the celebrations, pipped at the post in the final um, race of the meeting as well. Let's hear it from another couple of the riders who were involved in this meeting, starting with Eric Riss. Now, Eric Riss was due to be a red car rider this year, but then with what was going on with the pandemic, he 
decided that he would be opting out of this season. Uh, then he saw that things were actually going to be happening in British Speedway, by which point Redcar had made plans and um, Eric ended up racing for the Birmingham Brummies in the championship. But finally, he uh, got to race around the Media Prima Arena in 2021. And he's been speaking to Ryan Nassau about his season. And, um, well, he gives a fairly honest assessment. Eric, just missed out on the semi-finals. Were you hoping for more from the meeting? Yeah, definitely. I wanted to win it. Um, really disappointed, um, I think. In my last ride, the race should have been restarted. Um, it was awarded. When the red lights came on, I was in second, so I think it was the wrong decision. I didn't see the um, replay, um, but when I seen the red lights, I was in second. Um, but anyway, I think it should have been restarted, but no excuse. I mean, <clears throat> I got uh, third in my second last ride, um, so I messed it up there already. And then obviously the last one, I was uh, either in second or third, and therefore missed out, um, which I think was kind of unfair um, disappointed obviously but you know at the end of the day I can't blame it on that I can only blame it on that partially if I won every race I've, I would have been in the final I've won it yeah you're known for your gating um, yeah. was the Achilles heel that you didn't gate in that last one yeah my, I didn't gate well today um, I was on borrowed bikes and uh, I didn't really get on with the with the with the clutches that was in the bikes um, yeah, it didn't really work for me. I didn't really make any gates. I only made one, I think. Um, usually, that's my, you know, biggest strength. Um, but yeah, anyway. How would you rate your 2021 season as a whole? Uh, worst season I've ever had. Um, yeah, it's not a way to describe it. It was the worst season I ever had. Of um, every year I've done in the UK so far, I um, put some something on my average. I've always improved, and this was the first year where I had to deal with, you know, going backwards and. Uh, that was quite hard because I wasn't used to it. The only way is up next year? Yeah, I'm going to come back next year and be stronger than ever. Come back in the UK? I think so, yeah. Definitely a case of onwards and upwards for Eric Riss. Um, another rider who was part of the Teesside Silver Helmet, but also a rider who um, did, I think, all three of the big uh, invitational meetings over this last week, the Peter Craven Memorial and the Wolves uh, Ladbrokes Olympique, uh, was Norik Bladorn, who was racing in this country for the first time. Now, he's been working closely with uh, Robbie Kessler, who uh, many fans of a certain age will uh, remember Robbie Kessler, and um, he's also been working with Egon Muller as well uh, back in Germany and he races for Landschut which are part of the Polish uh, league the uh, the second tier and um, I think he also has some involvement in one of the Swedish clubs as well so he's got a very busy calendar shaping up for next year already whether he'll find time for a British club to be part in that remains to be seen but certainly put himself in the shop window and had a great night at Redcar in his very first meeting and um, he was the only rider who really put Charles Wright under any pressure uh, up to that point in the meeting as well with uh, his fifth ride and uh, was really learning with every ride. Let's hear from Norik Bladorn right now. He's been speaking with Ryan Nassau. Norik, first meeting in British Speedway. We thought you performed pretty well. How did you enjoy yourself? It was a bit difficult for me. Um, different tracks. Um, yeah, it was a bit special here for the first time, as you said, first race in the UK. So, um, yeah, you know, you just have to get used to, to these tracks. But, um, yeah, seven points are all right, but I really had horrible starts all day, so um, that doesn't make make it easier. But um, yeah, it was a nice track overall. Um, 
was pretty good racing action out there, so I really liked it. Yeah. Your last heat really performed well, pushing Charles Rato's road, hundreds of laps around Redcar. You Did you really think you were getting to grips with the track there at the end? Yeah, exactly. That was pretty good heat, actually. Um, against Charles Ward, he was really a good man the whole day. <laughs> um, so it was pretty good to challenge him. Um, yeah, didn't expect it. My whole team didn't expect it. They said, oh, now will be a tough one. But I said, yeah, maybe from red, you know, all day, all rubies starts. Now it's the time to get it. And yeah, really enjoyed it in the last seat, found a good line. And yeah, that was pretty cool. You gained fans from our commentary, uh, our very own Ian Brannan. Loved your performances. Is it your aim to entertain the fans or is it just about winning races? Or no, both? Both. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, no, it was really good. It was a good crowd. I didn't expect that in the UK because when you watch some races, um, yeah, it's, it was pretty cool. And yeah, like I said, track's cool, so make a lot of fun. Crowd was amazing. Really also with the show from Charles White sometimes. Yeah, that was pretty sick, yeah. So you enjoyed your first visit to Redcar? For sure, yeah. It was a great experience. Yeah, I don't know, Ryan mentioned there that I was cheering him on. I think, you know, in the same way that I think everybody was willing Philip Hellstrom bangs along in the uh, Speedway of Nations, it was sort of the same for Norik Bedorn. You could you could tell that he had it in him to, to win some of these races. He was not off the pace by any stretch of the imagination. He was there and thereabouts, but um, an exciting racer and uh, certainly one to watch in the future. And my top Norik Bledorn fact is that he is a cat lover. Uh, that's how he likes to unwind we verified this with him because we read it online and translated uh this this thing and it said that he was a cat lover and so we did ask him after the meeting and it is it is true he uh, he does have a cat and his cat is called willie wilson and uh, we're arming you with all the norwich bladorn information that you can handle right here on the official british speedway podcast and frankly we can't top that so that's the end of the episode for this week thanks for joining us enjoy your speedway wherever you're heading there's very few meetings left now but if you are getting along to any of those major fixtures then uh, do have a great time here are those fixtures remaining in full then on wednesday in the knockout cup final second leg pool versus edinburgh it's uh, championship grand final day on thursday in the first leg glasgow versus pool at 7 30 and on friday it's the second leg pool versus glasgow at 7 30 and then the remaining fixture national development league kent versus armadale at the neutral venue of leicester at 3 p.m. And that is the end of the British Speedway season. Thanks for joining us. We may bring you a roundup at some point after the season has finished. And of course, keep up to date with everything that's happening with your club online through the closed season at speedwaygb.co.uk. No Breaks, No Fear is a Nigel Pearson Media Limited production for British Speedway. Take care. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.